Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Hello again, VFC. Y'all doing okay? First Sunday of 2019. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Um, Hey, I want to give a shout out to Thomas Bryan. He does these videos for us. Doesn't he do a great job? He does a great job. Um, A friend of mine named Dan Bailey does the voiceover work. I've had a lot of people ask me, who is that? He comes. He's a regular. He just hides. (laughs) But Dan's a great guy. He's done a lot of stuff in radio. He has a good voice. And so, yeah, I love those little videos that get us ready to receive the word. Uh, Real quick, want to echo the announcement. Tomorrow night... Uh, we're having our, our fast kickoff meeting. It'll only last around an hour or so. I'll just share about fasting and different opportunities. Then we'll spend some time in prayer. Um, and it will be over by 8 o'clock because there is a certain team that's playing in a certain game. And uh, I will be watching that. You're not allowed to die or have a crisis tomorrow evening. Um, but if you do, you can call Tim because he's the new pastor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I'm excited about kicking off this new season, 2019. I'm going to share a little bit about uh, the direction I feel like the Lord has us going. But um, we're talking about engage. You know, I, I found myself saying to you guys during worship many times, you know, just engage with God, engage with God. And then I really begin to kind of back up and say, well, what does that exactly mean? When I tell you engage with God, what does that mean? How, how can I help us understand? And, and the scripture that the, the video reference is the scripture we're going to look at. Jesus is asked by someone who knew the scripture really, really well. What's the greatest commandment? Now, you need to understand there were 612 commandments that Jesus could have chosen from. And there were also the Ten Commandments that were the summary of those 612. What, what is the greatest commandment? Believe it or not, Jesus did not choose one of the Ten Commandments. He actually chose a commandment from Deuteronomy, and he volunteered a second commandment out of Leviticus. And here it is. Here's the scripture. Jesus answers, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second one, he's volunteering this information, because the guy only asked, what's the biggest one? But he's saying, ah, the second one is equally important. In other words, you can't have one without the other. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus continues, no other commandment is greater than these. That's pretty cool. You know, I like simple So to take 612 laws that are already summarized in 10 and to boil them down to two, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of that. And and we could even take this, and if we wanted to simplify it, you know, we could just say, love God, love people. Love God and love people. Love God with 
everything, your heart, soul, mind, and strength, all that you are, all that you have. Now, the word here for love that's used in this Greek when Jesus is talking is agape. And agape means service. Agape means sacrifice. It's not a touchy-feely kind of love. That love is eros in the Greek. No, this kind of love is difficult. Look, loving God in the way he's asking you to love him should be a little bit difficult. If you feel like your love life with the Lord is easy peasy and you got it locked down, you're probably not loving him the way he's wanting. Because this agape love, it's sacrifice. It's service. It's difficult. So love God and then also equally, equally important as loving God. And that's kind of, think about that for a second. Well, love God, that's the most important, not according to Jesus. It's co-equal at the same time. Equally is to love others. Look, don't think you can love God without loving people too. Don't think that you can somehow come to church, sing the songs, have your moment and encounter with God, which is good, you should. But at the same time say, but those people don't work that way. He says these are the same things. It's one and the same. Loving God and loving people is the same thing, and it is the greatest commandment. This is what it means to engage with God. It's to love him with everything that you have and to love others in the same way. When you take steps towards that, you are engaging with God. It means to give all that you have to your relationship with him. To make every effort to ensure that the relationship is in excess. As a matter of fact, it's not that far from what we call engagement for a couple. Where a couple decides that, hey, we're going to be exclusive, but not only exclusive, we are going to pledge ourselves to each other. And we're going to get ready to live a life uh, dependent on each other. So I want to share with you real quick, I've been praying about this year, what does the Lord want for VFC this year? And I normally don't get a word. This is actually the first time that I've gotten a word that I felt was supposed to guide us for the whole year. And so that word for 2019 for us is the word presence. 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 It's God's desire. I mean, think about everything he did. Sending his son releasing his Holy Spirit, what does that tell you? It means he wants to be with you, in you, on you, through you, with you. That's his desire, is you coming into his presence and you bringing your presence into him. So this is the guiding word for 2019 for us. Is, is the word presence. I'm praying that as we worship, as we, you know, expound on the word, as, as we, you know, do all the different things that God's calling us to do, whether it's handing out food or, or, or whatever it is, that the presence of God is so obvious that it's like a breath of fresh air when people walk in to the sanctuary, that they feel like they finally come home. Because the pre- and, and if the presence of God is, is, is here in this place, you know, we won't even have to ask God to heal. It's just going to happen. He's going to heal our bodies. He's going to restore people. He's going to deliver people. It's going to be awesome. 
So how do we engage with God? How do we engage with God? Well, keeping in mind the word for this year, presence, I'm going to share three ways with you. By the way, on our app, BFC Thomasville, I I give you full permission to get out your phone and download it right now if you want. BFC Thomasville uh, app, uh, you'll see our our notes, sermon notes are there. We have fill in the blanks so you can keep up and type in uh, the next point. And this is one of the fill in the blanks. The first way that we engage with God is that we prioritize his presence. We prioritize his presence. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus is talking about praying. He says, when you pray, by the way, he also says, when you fast. He doesn't say, if you fast. He says, when you fast, when you pray. So he's given instructions on when we pray. He says, when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Some translations say secret. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. He's, he's countering what the Pharisees would often do. The Pharisees would often stand on the street corners or, or in the, the, the outside portico areas of the temple and pray big, loud prayers. They were good prayers. The problem was they knew they were good prayers and they wanted everyone to hear them. He's saying, no, if you want to find the presence, if you want to find where God really is, you need to have a secret place with him. You need, you know, the key to your relationship with the Lord is the secret place, not the public place. The public place is great where you get to share your faith. You get to encourage someone in their faith. That's wonderful. But your public ministry is only as good as your private time with the Lord. We see this in Psalm 91 verse 1. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, the word almighty there is El Shaddai. And El Shaddai means the most powerful one. How many of you want God to be powerful on your behalf? Absolutely, I do. I want God to move on my behalf. I want him to be powerful in my life. Well, here's the key. If you want him to be El Shaddai, you have to do what comes first. He who dwells in the secret place of the most high. Now, that word is El Elyon. And it means the highest, the best, the greatest. When you make God the greatest, then he will be the most powerful. But he's not going to be the most powerful in your life until you make him the greatest in your life. Do you see the pattern? So if you want him to be, we all want God to be El Shaddai. Oh yeah, take care, man. Provide for me, Lord. Cool, cool. Make him the priority. Make him the priority because when you make God El Elyon in your life, then he will become El Shaddai in your life. He will become the powerful, the almighty one in your life. You know, God is jealous for you. And this is why we have to prioritize his presence and why we have to become jealous for his presence. Now, I don't mean jealousy in a negative way and jealousy um, that in the flesh is a sin. Jealousy is, and people get confused jealousy and envy. Envy is wanting what someone else has. Jealousy is wanting, what you, wanting to keep what you already have. You know, a jealous husband is someone who doesn't like his wife talking to someone else, right? Well, God says, I am a jealous God. Why? Because he wants to keep you. You're his. He didn't want anyone else messing with you. And so we have to treat his presence uh, with priority just like he treats us. Now, really quickly, I don't have time to get into this a whole lot, but I want to, 
hopefully introduce or for some of you remind you of, of a concept that I like to call the abiding circle. The abiding circle. This is how we prioritize God. Now, a lot of people with good intentions, especially this time of year when there's New Year's resolutions and everything, they're like, okay, I'm going to make God first in my life. And, and so their whole goal becomes to read a devotional or do something very first thing in the morning. And let me just say, that's fantastic. I highly recommend you spend time with the Lord. As a matter of fact, when I wake up uh, first thing in the morning, I open my eyes, I begin to pray, and I begin to thank God for an awesome day. All right? So he's absolutely first. But, but the problem with God being first is that oftentimes he's not in the middle of your day. Oftentimes he's not in the end of your day. And that's not placing proper priority. Even though he was first and that's good, you want to place priority by making him the center. So the abiding circle shows God as the center circle. But all the other circles, these are your friends, your family, your ministry, your work, your entertainment choices, all of these things, it's not a linear list. It's a circle from which all other things flow. So God becomes the priority. So it's not that you just wake up and you have a devotional with God first. Do that. But it's when you're, when you're uh, eating lunch with that coworker, God is still attached to that moment. When someone cuts you off in traffic, God is still attached to that moment. I've called on his name a few times when that happens. When the grocery long is lined and Walmart has one checkout lane for 14, one check, checkout person for 14 lanes. When, when, when life happens, right? When someone dings your car, when, when someone else gets the promotion, when, when, when your, your brother or sister-in-law says something stupid about your kids, God is still attached to that moment. He wasn't relegated to first. He is center. And when it's late at night and it's time, you're not ready for bed, you want to watch a little TV, your entertainment decisions aren't separate from your relationship with God. Well, I'll put in my time with God this morning. No, put in your time now. Jesus wants to be a part of your Netflix decisions. He wants to be a part of all of it. And so the abiding circle is where we abide in Christ. And he's not just a number on a list. He's the center of everything that we do. How are you prioritizing God's presence? It's one of the keys to engage with God. You've got to prioritize his presence. Come on, take inventory. It's not just first. First is good. It's center. It's a part of everything. The second way we engage with God, we not only prioritize his presence, we prepare for his presence. Matthew 25, I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but it's, it's the parable of the ten virgins. Don't let that throw you. Virgin just means young girl. Now, back then, uh, wedding feasts were very different than they are now. Uh, and so this is like the wedding party. So like for us, you see, a, uh, you see a, a bride and you see like her bridesmaids all lining the front. Well, the bridesmaids uh, in, this, in this case would stand and, they, and would wait for the coming of the groom. And so in this story, there are 10 young women that are bridesmaids. And it's at night, and they've got their lamps lit, but some of them are unprepared. They didn't bring enough oil. They begin to run out. They ask the others, hey, can I have some of your oil? And they're like, we don't have enough to share. You should go buy some, but the store's closed. It's at night. 
So they go to try to find some extra oil. And what happens? The groom comes and the door is locked. They were unprepared. They were unprepared for the presence. We don't want to be like that. Think about this. Mark chapter 1 verse 3 talks about John the Baptist. And it says, it says the job of John the Baptist was to prepare the way of the Lord. It's actually a quote from Isaiah. Think about this. There was an entire ministry that existed simply to prepare the people for the Messiah to come. How much more should we prepare in our daily lives for the presence of the Lord? We have to ready our heart and mind. You wouldn't invite someone over to dinner without making preparations, would you? I mean, if you're like me, you scramble at the last minute and you're like cleaning everything up, you know, putting everything and sweeping it underneath the sofa. Right? If Jesus, if Jesus said, hey, can I come to dinner tomorrow night at your house? You wouldn't be like, yeah, sure. Not make any preparation. Not plan for food at all. And he shows up, hey, you know, uh, I didn't get a chance to go to the store. I've got like a banana. Is that cool? And some milk. I mean, you wouldn't do that. You would prepare, man. You'd be calling every, I need the best food, right? Well, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. Prepare. You know, engagement takes some planning. Takes some preparation. I, I, I realize I've never told you guys this story. I'll make it quick. But, you know, I'm an extreme extrovert. I'm like, where's the crowd? Tiffany is an extreme introvert. She's cool with like a few friends and that's it. She's happy. She doesn't need a lot of people. She doesn't, she's just a total introvert. And I'm the exact opposite. And so we'd been dating for a while. We knew that Laura was calling us to get married. I was a junior in college. She was a sophomore. She was a freshman in college. And so I was thinking, how can I make this the big event I want it to be, but also make it private and personal like she wants it to be? At the time, at Samford University, I was a columnist. I wrote a humor column that just, you know, observed about silly stuff that happened uh, on campus and stuff. And so on February 4th, 1998, whew, that was close. <laughs> My column for that day said, Tiffany, will you marry me? She got it that morning. The newspapers were delivered. And I was nowhere to be found. Now, remember, this is 1998. We don't have cell phones. We had just gotten email. My first email was at college. I did have a bag phone in the car. Y'all remember bag phones? Yeah, it's worthless. Here's a phone. Don't use it. That's what I was told. So there's no way to contact. You know, I'm sure she was trying to call me. And I was like, <laughs> just making her, you know, making her sweat it out. And her friends are, oh, my gosh, you're engaged. And she's like, I don't have a ring. So she goes to lunch at the cafeteria. I'm not there on purpose. And then we had a class together. We had psychology class together. And so she's like, I guess I'm going to go to class. She walks in class. I'm just sitting there in the desk. <laughs> and she's like, what's, what's going on? Because the whole campus knew. And so she sits down next to me. She's like, what's the deal? And I take a ring box and I put it on her, on her desk. And she goes, oh, no, I know you're not doing this here. I said, just open the ring box. She opens it up, and there's a poem, and it's the ring talking. And it's saying, Jamie's hidden me. You have to go find me. And so she's like, for real? And this time the professor's stepping up to the lectern. She's ready to start her, her lecture. And she's like, what? what you? I'm like, we can go now if you want. She's like, yeah. So we skipped class. Kids don't skip class. We skipped class. 
And the first place she was supposed to go was where we had our first date, which was Chili's, because I'm a big spender. <laughs> I wore green jeans to our first date. Is that we- isn't that weird? It was the 90s. That's what people, I got, it was weird. So, so behind the wait to be seated sign was the next clue. And we went to, you know, where we first met. We went to where we had our first kiss. We went to, you know, several different places. Finally, we, I, we send, I send her the, the note. The ring's talking this whole time in this poem that she's reading. And sends her to this, this really beautiful overlook. It's this big rock that overlooks the city of Birmingham. It was one of our spots we like to go to and talk and hang out. And, and, um, and so it sends her there. And then the final, the final uh, note card is, is taped there. And it says, turn around. Jamie has something to ask you. And then I get on one knee and propose. Y'all, it took so much planning <laughs> I mean, think about that. I had to think about, okay, where was the first place we met? You know, that kind of stuff. I had to write the poem. It rhymed in everything. I had to, I had to um, you know, get, get conceive of the idea, put it in the newspaper about a week before it was supposed to run. I had to buy a ring. Ouch. I was a poor college student. It wasn't the best ring, but it worked. I mean, there was a lot of preparation for engagement, How are you preparing to engage with God? How are you preparing to make this year the year of his presence? He wants to dwell with you. He wants to live with you. Are you being a good host? Is your temple, your house, a place he wants to hang out at? Come on. Are you preparing His presence. The last way. We prioritize his presence. We prepare for his presence. And lastly, we protect his presence. We protect his presence. Now, it's commonly misunderstood when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes people think the Holy Spirit is an it. I've heard people say, yeah, man, we were at this awesome service. Holy Spirit was like so strong, man. It was so. And I'm like, it's a he. He's a he. Holy Spirit's a person, and he's God. Holy Spirit's just as much God as Jesus is and the Father is. They're co-equal. And, and, and so the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, I don't mean he's, he's a human. He's obviously not a human. Jesus was. But he's a person, and, and so he's got a personality. He's got a, a, a way about him. He's got things that he likes and dislikes. You can read about it in Scripture. The Holy Spirit is an amazing gift, God on earth. You know, when you interact with God, you're interacting with the Holy Spirit. The Father's in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. Holy Spirit is here on earth. And so, so you're interacting with the Holy Spirit. He always testifies of Jesus. Check this out, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. New Living Translation says, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Now, I need, you to, I need you to pay attention because you could miss this. I don't want you to miss this. What I'm not saying is that how you live affects whether or not you go to heaven when you die. Whether or not you go to heaven when you die has to do with whether or not you have a relationship with Jesus and you're following him. But how you live absolutely affects the measure of God's presence that you experience. You, 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 you may have made a commitment to the Lord, believe with your heart, confess with your mouth that he is the son of God. But 
if you are intentionally living away contrary to his liking and his style, his culture of holiness, it's going to be very hard for you to experience the presence of God. Why? Because you're grieving him. Do you want to be around someone that grieves you all the time? And so I'm not talking salvation by works. I want you to understand that. But I am talking quality of life by works. The quality of your spiritual life has everything to do with how you act. And that's why it's important that we keep those two. Salvation by grace, through faith alone, not of works, lest any man should boast. But we are created for good works. And so if there are not good works in your life, you should really start scratching your head and saying, man, am I grieving the Holy Spirit? We don't want to make him feel sorry. Have you ever felt sorry that you ever knew someone? I don't want, don't, don't raise your hands. Don't yell out their name. Yeah, Uncle Joey. No, don't. Not a good time. Just keep it to yourself. We don't want the Holy Spirit to say, I mean, he loves you. He loves you. I'm not talking about his love. His love is constant, unchanging, unconditional. But there's sometimes, I love people, but I don't want to be around them. Let's not do that with the Holy Spirit. Let's not grieve him by how we act. Now, you can read, and let, let, let this be your homework. These two scriptures, I want you to read them in context. I want you to read the three verses before, the three verses after, okay? So you know what they're talking about. But you're going to find this. Ephesians 4.30 talks about don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The context is your behavior, specifically what you talk about. And specifically who you talk about. Read it. The number one way to grieve the Holy Spirit is with your speech. I wouldn't want people talking about my kids either. If I walked up on a conversation and you were trashing my kids, I would have some stuff to say to you and then I would leave. And that would hurt our relationship. Don't talk about his kids. 1 Thessalonians 5.19. Ephesians said don't grieve the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 says don't quench the Spirit. Don't quench. One translation says stifle. One translation says restrain. In the Greek, this word means to extinguish. To put out, to suppress. It's, It's the word that was used to put out a flame. So the flame of the Holy Spirit wants to burn in your life, burning away the flesh and then burning into you the passion of the Lord, the power of God. Don't throw water on it. How do we do it? Again, read the verses before, read the verses after. You'll see it's by what you do, specifically how you use your mouth, how you use your words. You can grieve the Holy Spirit, and you can quench the Holy Spirit. Now, now, just, just before I move off of this, I need you to understand this. So, in light of these scriptures, who's in charge of how much the Holy Spirit moves? We are, not him. Well, why didn't the Holy Spirit move today? Oh, it wasn't, that wasn't his decision. He didn't say, you know, I don't feel like moving today. I don't feel like saving, healing, delivering, setting people free. No, I don't feel like that today. That, he never does that. It's only when we grieve him and we suppress him that we experience a lack of him moving. He, and that, but that's good news. That's good news because you can change you. You can't change God. But you can change you. So you can live your life in such a way that your life is, the Holy Spirit is, is sticky. 
He just wants to be with you. He wants to be near you. He's always, oh, I want to spend time with Jamie today. He does those things that I enjoy. I want to be around. So we've got to protect his presence. Guys, we've got to protect the presence. Look, we are so blessed, and you guys know this. We here at VFC for decades have experienced the consistent presence of the Lord in our midst. I mean, when worship starts, you're just like, ah. It's such a gift. But let me tell you, we have to protect it. We have to protect it. We have to protect it. We have to be in unity with each other. We've got to do those things that attract the presence of the Lord, not those things that grieve and suppress the spirit of the Lord. My question to you is this. Are you engaging with God. Are you engaging with him? Just kind of going through the motions and hey, I'm glad you're here. Church attendance is great, but church attendance is like filling up at the gas station. It's it's a meal to help you. The, the, the purpose of owning a car is not going to the gas station. The purpose of owning a car is to go places and do things. The purpose of eating, life isn't about eating. I have to convince myself of that. You don't, you don't live to eat, you eat to live. You, you eat so you can do the things God's called you to, to fuel your, your body. And, and so, are you engaging with God? Church attendance is a part of it. Worship, prayer, praise, Christian fellowship. Are you engaging with God? Are you prioritizing His presence? Are you preparing for His presence? Are you protecting his presence? Let's stand for prayer. I encourage you, make a commitment. Come on. This series on being engaged with God, commit to it. I know sometimes people have to travel. And if you have to travel, we're going to have this, uh, the audio podcast. We're going to have videos on Facebook, on our website. We, we try to make it really easy for you to, to, to stay uh, involved even when you're gone. But if you're not going to be gone, there's no reason why you shouldn't be here. We're going to talk about um, the next three weeks. We're going to talk about engaging with your head, engaging with your heart, and engaging with your hands. And you're going to get specific information on how to engage with God in these three areas of your life. Come on, commit to it. Be there. If you will, close your eyes. Let's respond to the Holy Spirit. Ask him, am I engaging with you? Am I prioritizing your presence? Do I adequately prepare to meet with you? And do I protect the presence that you give? Come on. You may hear him whisper back to you. You may see yourself doing something or not doing something. You may have a thought that just kind of bubbles up as if from nowhere. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. It sounds like your thoughts because it's your mind, but it's him talking. Speak to his Holy Spirit. Now, I would love to lead you in a prayer. If you will, let me supply the words where we commit to the Lord that we're going to fully engage with him. So pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you engaged with me 
So I want to engage with you. I want to engage your presence. So I choose to prioritize your presence, to prepare for your presence, and to protect your presence. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to convict me when I'm not doing these things. I want my life to be yours completely. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tiff, will you close us? Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.